Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks to everybody for our shopping at BTOsports.com. Great guys. Brand new website. Mobile phone friendly. Use the code PULPMX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. Of course, they got the uh, smiley face assassin, Andrew Short, and uh, Justin Brayton riding for the BTO Sports KTM team. And Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. What more can you say about these guys? Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, uh, they wear Fox. This guy on the phone used to wear Fox, and uh, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Check them out uh, whenever you can. Uh, they've always got something cool brewing. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis, as usual. With me online, a guy I've I, uh, been wanting to talk to for a long time, and uh, certainly um, it's going to be interesting one interesting show here as we delve into what he's been doing and what's been going on, and also, too, talk a little bit about some safety in the sport. So I'm looking forward to touching all these bases with a, a great guy, a great interview also. Uh, James Bubba Stewart, what's up, James? How are you? Uh, doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, just uh, kind of been laying low and going to some racing playing some golf riding a little bit so yeah my my life has completely changed for the last you know <laughs> few months obviously but uh you yeah. know I'm, I'm hanging in there yeah no, no doubt i saw you know still very active on instagram and that kind of stuff so i've been following you a little bit there and i, I know you've been at some races and i uh, haven't seen you there but first off i guess uh what's it like going to the races and obviously you still have a, a ton of fans and you know they love to see you there but they want to see you on the bike and before we get into the specifics of that, what's it like being at the races without really being racing? How's that? Well, unfortunately, I've actually dealt with that uh, a few times in my career. So, you know, I guess, you know, going to the races and not racing, you know, it isn't too bad. You know, you have to, you know, the second or third time, you kind of get used to it. But I would say probably the biggest difference is, is the question I get asked. You know, normally, <laughs> you know, normally if I'm at the race and, you know, I'm not racing, they go, hey, you know, I'm sorry you got hurt you know when you're coming back how you feeling you know this one's like you know you know i get the free bubba chance you know i see t-shirts you know uh you know then i get you know i get everybody telling me about their story on, on on the medicine like how you know i take it all these different things and then uh you know it, it's it's been different but you know also at the same time like it's uh you know it's i, I think going to the races kind of helped me you know, I, I see how the fans, you know, react off mm-hmm. Instagram and stuff like that. And that's normally my only communication, you know, if I'm not at a race. But, you know, going to the races, I really see, you know, how everybody kind of kind of rallied around me and really supported me through this. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's been nice. But for sure, it sucks, you know, watching it. But, you know, what what can you do at this point? I, uh, 
I believe drug testing is good for the sport. Uh, I have no problem with with them what they're, what they're doing that way. I think it's a it's a multi million dollar sport. Lots on the lots on the line, and I have no problem with them doing it. However, uh, and I've long said this with with you with you and I talking, or without you being on the show, or whatever. What they gave to you, I felt was. Uh, drastically unfair now look you 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 admit it you you didn't get the paperwork done and you expected a penalty probably there's no chance that you or 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 mike webb yoshizuki guys i know we were talking about it this is when you heard the news were you thinking you were being punked that you were going to miss this much time um you know it it kind of goes back from a while you know it's 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 all the all the events leading up to the punishment mm-hmm. that made that actually made the final punishment go like I, I expected this like this is so wrong, but I expected you guys to do this, you know, because oh, okay. there was just so yeah. many things that was happening, I did delays and and just not getting hold of anybody here, you know, hearing that I was suspended, you know, before I even knew I was suspended, like certain things like that. Right. It's just like crazy, you know. So by the time I got the punishment, actually I was I, I was actually I remember it because it was around like five o'clock in the afternoon and, and you know, those that know um, you know, the <clears throat> this uh FIMs in, in Switzerland, Geneva. Yeah. So, you know, by the time five o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast, you know, it's ten o'clock at night or whatever it is. Right. So I when I got the email, I was actually playing golf with my dad and I looked at him and I said, Hey, I just been suspended for uh sixteen months. Thank God. That's exactly what I said. Because I was like, I was so over, like waking oh. up, waiting for this, you know, a my phone call or email, and I did that for months. Uh, this, and this, finally, this, when this, I, when this, I, this guillotine when, hanging over I, your head, huh? This whole axe holding yeah. hanging over your head, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it was it was horrible, and I'm like still training. I'm, you know, we got mm-hmm. two weeks for the season. You know, I'm out testing, doing all these things, and when it happened, I was just like, thank God, like I got an answer. It's not obviously the answer I wanted, but we have one now. And obviously he was pissed. I was pissed, but mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you know, it was something. I was like, like finally we got an answer. And then, uh, you know, then I start, you know, calling everybody and say, "Hey, man, like this is right. what's up." And obviously everybody's bummed and pissed at the same time. But you know, it's not till you really understand like exactly what went down and, and how this process was so dragged out in the in the thing mm-hmm. that even you know from the transfer interview, the things we didn't have enough time to talk about. You know, there was there's more to it that it was just like I I can't I can't believe this is actually happening and that you know they're, they're saying you know basically they're saying that I'm Lance Armstrong of our sport because there's yeah. there's not really more months that I could get you know it's not really I could go any worse than what it was but um, you know it's it's an unfortunate situation but you know we have to deal with it I guess yeah it's uh and also too as i i mean look okay again you deserve some punishment you know or whatever you deserve something for not filling this paperwork in right for getting this you know for this this and and it was nice that they clarified it you know it wasn't it was a stimulant it wasn't a, you know an hgh or steroids or anything like that um but the, you know to to leave yoshimura suzuki out of the uh, like look they got to order parts they got a poster shoot they got all this stuff going 2 weeks before the season I mean, yeah, gee yeah. whiz! Like I understand. Yeah. Like I said, it's a good thing we have it, but the whole thing felt mishandled from the beginning, with some very important people in charge seemingly not knowing what's going on, like not really well, understanding. I, yeah, no, I could tell you. Like, I mean, it's not a knock on anybody. I think you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, I, I am the guinea pig in this situation, but a lot has changed even with the drug testing policy on how, you know, mm-hmm. even through outdoors, how they, you know, talk about it, these different things, like they yeah. educate people on it. But no one knew, like no one knew what was going on. I mean, from, you know, the guys that fell from the AMA, right. I don't even know if FIM knew what was going on, but like yeah. no one knew. And then, so that was the hardest part. And then, you know, you're like, hey, guys, like, we got to race. And you're like, you know, we got to race. And then, you know, <laughs> sitting, <clears throat> not racing the rest of the, the motocross season, like, bowing out of that, yeah. you know, not racing the Monster Cup. Like, you, I look at all these things that I've missed. You know, I'm like, if you guys are going to suspend me for 16 months, like, I might have probably raced those because legally I probably could have raced. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the, <clears throat> with the whole situation going down, you just kind of leave and you're like, you know, like, really? So, yeah. Yeah, the, the the lack of leadership again. Uh, AMA is a shell of what they used to be, and and they're barely involved in a sport. And Feld cut this deal with FIM um, to, to 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 sort of circumvent a promoter war back in the early two thousands. MX Sports does a great job, I feel, with telling everybody what's going on with the drug testing. But guess what? They're USADA. They're not WADA. And uh, yeah. the, the whole. I mean, look. And I, I full disclosure, Racer X, MX Sports, same company. So I'm railing against them in effect, but I feel like the leadership of our sport from the FIM to FEL to AMA to MX Sports to FIM, we got all these alphabets, and we don't really have a clear direction. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You know, I think for me, what I really found out is that, you know, FIM, you know, they're, they're the ones that actually run it, even though, like, you don't see them, <laughs> right. like, they really have no direct involvement in our sport, like yeah. you would see. MX Sports, Coombs, you know, the AMA, Kevin Crowthers and all those, those guys you see every weekend, you know, but you have a, you know, a company, you know, that basically runs our sport. And, you know, I don't know if they really mm-hmm. understand, you know, hey, how's it going, you know, because even, you know, even when I was over there talking to the guy, you know, um, you know, the FIM guy, when I went first went over to uh, mm-hmm. Geneva, you know, I'm like talking to him, like he did not understand that, like, you know, I'm like, hey, they don't talk about this riders mean like they do not talk about this. Like there's certain things right. that just in our sport, they don't. And he didn't understand that, you know? So I'm like, wait, you're going to, you know, sus- you suspend me or whatever you're going to do, whatever you decide to do, whatever, but yeah. you're going to do this, not really knowing how our sport like is and how these things go. And I'm like, you know, my biggest thing. And by the time I actually came over there and did this, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, meeting with FIM in October, I'm like, I got two different, you know, uh, TUEs. So yeah. I'm like, there you go right there. I said, right. obviously I, I need the medicine. I use it or whatnot. But you know, I'm like when we got suspended and when I was talking over the, talking to the guy, I'm like, ultimately at the end of the day, like there's no difference for me using HGH to not feeling out of paperwork and right. rules. Like they're, right. they're the same thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't really get that. And especially like me having a TUE is really gnarly now. Like, especially, um, you know, since, I, I I got caught with this stuff to now get a TUE for the same stuff I was using after selling a drug test mm-hmm. through water is is gnarly and it's it's almost impossible to do that but I got it and so I'm like that should tell you right there but I'm like you know what I got suspended for it, it would be no difference if I was using EPO or you know mm-hmm. uh, HGH or nothing it's the same it's the same realm yeah yeah exactly which is it's so far from that what you what you what you're taking it's so far from that you know. Um, and yep. also, too, the lack of information among riders, and I haven't talked to you about this, but I've definitely talked to some high-level riders over the years about the drug testing, and I mean, I'll, one of them is Kevin Wyndham, who's retired now, and Wyndham was just like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I'm taking these supplements. I don't know. 
You know, like, and I'm yeah. like, and I always thought to myself, well, shouldn't, shouldn't you know? And he was just like, nope, nobody's really told us. Nobody's really explained anything to us. And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. And like I said, you know, the hard part is like, you know, what I, what I said before, if you drink four cups of coffee, you can get, you know, suspended for, you know, too much mm-hmm. caffeine. I said, you know, that's in the, the code. And, and unfortunately and fortunately enough, like I know a lot about that code now, but, you know, before <laughs> that, like, you know, we all knew, like, look, if you're going to do like drugs and stuff like that, you're not dumb. Like there's certain stuff that you like, Hey, you know what? Like they're doing testing. Like, you know, you don't do certain things like that, blah, 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 you know, but you know, there's certain little things. And, and, you know, my biggest thing was a TUE. I'm like, dude, I did not know about that. I'm like, I told you guys that night I had a prescription, Mm -hmm. you know, from my my bottle, had a letter from the doctor. I'm thinking like, that's good enough. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what we need. And then you find out about a TUE and then start that whole process. But, you know, unfortunately, I, I know, you know, there's a lot of guys out there taking supplements, you know, from mm-hmm. whether it's, a, you know, asthma, whether it's injury, you know, the doctor gets you that, you know, if they randomly, randomly come to your house and get drug tested, even though it's prescribed and you need it, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, obviously you can get 16 months or whatever it is. So, um, you know, it's just a lack of education that, you know, needed to be brought to hand. I was just hoping I wasn't the person that brought well, it up like this. Dude, we talked about this on my show, and I'm and I and I said, if this is gonna happen, of course it happens to James Stewart. Look, I know <laughs> there's other guys taking this, and I know that when you when all that stuff was going down with you, there were some some nervous people with TUEs and making sure their 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 T's were crossed, literally, and their eyes were yeah. dotted. Um, and Wygan and I would be like, of course, James Stewart is the first guy. Of course, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it's just. I mean, you are a groundbreaker on and off the track, and here you are again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I guess uh, it's a, you know, a change of sport and how they run, and, and now a change of sport how they do TUEs now. But yeah, no, I. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, though? yeah, I, I, yeah. It's just like it's just like, of course, people. The, you know, you're polarizing guy, and uh, yeah, and, and it just it it couldn't have been Trey Kennard or Andrew Short. Nope. James Stewart. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was, it obviously it was me. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, six months we couldn't laugh about it, but there's so, it's been so comical at, at, at some of the things, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately that like, I'm to the point now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, look, dude, I, I guess I'm the new Lance Armstrong or whatever, right, whatever right. the heck you want to call me. But I'm like, dude, I know for a fact is, you know, if they show up at my door, I'm the first person to whip it out and pee in a cup or, you know, blood <laughs> testing. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to do that. You know, I'm like, I eat powdered donuts and go out and, and, and beat Ricky Carmichael sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to do that, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And, and, you know, it's just, you know, you just got to look at it. But to me, you know, there has been some good, good positive things to it. Even, even in a stark situation, like I've, I've had a chance to kind of relax, you know, I've, I've never actually not been hurt, you know, mm-hmm. and, and been at home or, not had a contract to go racing when I was with L and M and stuff. Right. Or and then I think also, you know, it kinda of really showed me on some of the people in the industry and then also showed me that how much my fans really do care about me like and, and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, there has been some kind of positives to it. But for sure, sitting on the couch and, and watching, you know, Ryan Dungey and, and Ken and, and my teammate out there, you know, doing good and winning races, like it, it hurts. But, you know, I think I'm old enough to kind of get through it and, and just continue moving forward. Yeah, this is the silver lining. Maybe we see a different James Stewart when you come back. I, I, and it's not that you didn't appreciate it before, because I mean you did, 
but maybe a little more so. Maybe you maybe you're gonna be a little more grateful. I mean, you are getting up there in age. I mean, what twenty six, twenty seven? What are you? What are you? Nah, twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, kinda, oh my god, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I almost let you like run with it because I was like, ah, I like you know leaving leaving uh, it right. down like that. But I, I, yeah, no, I I think you know I, I think a lot of people like you know saw a change with me a, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of was just more happy. You know, I was more in tune with myself. You know, a lot of different things going on, and, and yep. that was part of it. You know, like part of me, you know finding out, you know, the certain things I found out about me personally was, you know, the cause of that. And so, you know, I don't, I think last year, um, you know, last year racing wise, I actually felt like I was a different rider. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I had certain things that happened and and the Supercross season didn't end that good. And then after this, you know, after all this debacle, like went down, you know, for the rest of the motocross, like I, I mean, I could not think, oh. like, I didn't want to ride a motorcycle. There were so many things going on during a week that, you know, the person that was showing up after a high point was not, you know, I don't know who that was. You know, so I, you know, I felt like last year I had a great chance of winning the Supercross title mm-hmm. if it wasn't for a, three, a three-race stretch where I had, you know, busted pipe, first corner, and then, uh, you know, front break, a little incident, yep. and I was right there with it. So coming into this year, I, I mean, not to – not to say that, you know, you, you never know, but I, I would have said this year would have been the year that I would have really took off on, on another level as far mm-hmm. as I, I was confident going into it. I was happy with the team. There was a lot of things going good, um, you know, for me. And, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, that it I found out in the middle of the Supercross season last year that I am who I am. And, and what I mean by that, like, I, it was a while there, like, I didn't, I did, I forgot who I was. I was James Stewart, you know, the guy that could go out and hit quads, the guy that can go out and win races. I, I knew that person was there. And when I was doing all my off-season testing mm-hmm. and practice, I believed that I was just better. Like, I, I believe that, you know what, I can race anybody on this planet and beat anybody. And it's been years since I had that. So right. for me, you know, to have that going into, you know, the Supercross season and then to find out two weeks before that, hey, by the way, you're not racing, was, it was pretty devastating. But you know, my last memory was the guy that was, you know, you know, racing Villapoto, winning these races. That's that's still in my head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we'll be fine. Uh, by the way, people, check out the Transworld Motocross uh, interview with James. Uh, it's also a, a very good, enlightening interview. And, and props to to Don Maeda for you for doing it, and for you for doing it too. I think it's great. Um, it's a real good interview. So, people, check that out. A couple, I think, it was last month issue. Um, yeah. Putting my tinfoil hat on, you go one. Did you go one one at High Point? What did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. go one one on high point, dominate, and uh, then the news breaks. And putting my tinfoil hat on, was that a coincidence? I don't know. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things that you know. I could I, I could sit here and tell you like certain things on how they happen, and you'd be like, dude, that's not just <laughs> random. Like that's right, not random. Right. <laughs> you know, being suspended sixteen months is not just random, you know, and right. you know, like I said in that interview with Don, you know, the hardest part for me and one of the shocks of when I got sixteen months was the guy that actually gave me sixteen months was the same guy I was sitting across the table with in meeting with him at FIM and he said, Dude, I'm sorry that you gotta go through like I believe you're not cheating. Yeah. I believe these rules aren't for you is the same guy that turns around and gives you sixteen months is like right. uh wait, hold hold up. So 
Yeah, there was a lot of things that uh, <laughs> that the, was kind of like the like a head scratcher, but yeah, you know, I can't, you know, I don't know. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not saying it's for sure either. But there was something we talked about back then. Like, really? Okay, the guy goes one one, you know, kind of rebounds from a, a slow start, and uh, and now you're dropping this. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah. Any, anyways, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, especially this is this is what the kicker of, and I think a lot of people probably didn't know this, but the 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 when we got the test results in um, you know high points or mm-hmm. whatever that was, you know, two months later or whatever it was, yeah. you know, they they knew that night, so you know they didn't they didn't have to spend any money on testing uh, to find out that James Stewart was taking Adderall because like I <laughs> like that's what I told him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get that like later on, like it was breaking news to the world. Like no, right? Like, uh, you, I was filling TUEs out for you. Like I was sending all this stuff for you since you know April. Right. But like now this has happened. But you know, again, yeah. it, uh You know, we have um, to move on. So <laughs> how? I mean, if it was if I'm in your shoes, you know, you're getting called a cheater. On your Instagram, I, I imagine on your Instagram and your social media, I, did, I read some of the comments, but you know you're getting called a cheater and you're getting compared to Armstrong. You're by these uneducated fans, and let's face it, people in the pits too. You know, I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. How tough is that? You just to t- you just got to take it, I guess, right? I mean, it's like a lot of things that you've had in your career where you just like you're like, look, I can't, I can't say this to everybody, so I just I have no choice but to just take it. Like, that's got to be tough. Yeah, no, that was tough, and, and you know, you know how I am, Steve, and a lot of people know. Like, I'm I'm closed off. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty. I keep the people around me pretty close, and it's not because you know I don't like meeting other people. Like, I've been burnt a lot in this industry, outside this industry, so yeah. I keep to myself, like, in order not to be hurt. You know, so they hear that stuff, and and especially for the things that I like to do, and my fans, and you know, dinners, and all these different things yeah. that I love to do, that I do it on my own. You know, to have those same people, and you know, like I said, the years pass. You know, you kind of get used to certain people doing it, but mm-hmm. you know, having my real fans like going, like, "Hey, James, like, tell us this ain't true. Like, you know, we we're behind you, but mm-hmm. this is weird. Like, we don't, we <laughs> can't hear that." And then, uh, you know, for me not to like be able to say anything about it, that was probably the hardest part. Like, somebody called me a cheater. I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, I know who I am, but right. you know, in the beginning part, I couldn't say nothing about it, so I had to act like. Yeah, no, I know this big old scandal thing is going behind me, but yeah, check me out. Like I'm racing today. Hey, hey. Like that, that was like weird. And, and, right. and but uh, you know, it's I, I think you know I I know the truth, and I, yeah. I felt like you know part of my stories came out, and there'll be more to it. But also, this interview will kind of help that. Like you know, I I think once I'm able to tell my story, the people who still believe that or whatever, like you know, I I could care less, but. You know, I think once I go to speak and get this word out, anything mm-hmm. else that you would call me after that would just be, you know, very naive or, or you know, or just a hatred. Just not hate, really yeah. going, yeah, this guy's really a cheater because I'm far from that. We've talked about it before. You're writing a tell-all book when you retire. We're just going to add, add another chapter to this thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, was, I was thinking about that in a movie and – you know, if I if it's a movie, it's gonna have to be a sequel to it. Cause, you know, I it's, I don't have enough time. And in the book, I would make sure like if I did write the book, it would either have to be PG thirteen or make sure <laughs> like I don't want to ever do anything with this sport again because yeah. if I start doing a tell all book, I, I think a lot of people would be like, no way, like this dude went through this, this guy's like like right. like this, but uh, it's all yeah. good. You'll have enough money, you won't need to work or anything, so you'll be fine. But <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be yeah because we've talked about some stuff you know off the record 
that's happened to you, and, and I guarantee it hasn't happened to any other athlete in our sport ever. And now you got this. So um, yeah. yeah. So okay. So you're well. Let me, before we talk about your, about your appeal, so you you get the news you're suspended. How long do you not ride a bike for? Do you, are you depressed? Do you not ride for, you know, whatever? Uh, no, nah, I mean, I think I was more depressed in the beginning part, you know, when when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Again, like, even while I was racing, uh, you know, I think right. I was more depressed then, not wanting to go race uh, or ride and stuff like that. But, you know, again, like, it became a point to where, you know, if somebody keeps saying you're ugly every day, you just kind of get to a point, well, damn, you know, I, I guess I am ugly, whatever, I'll keep going. And so that's how it became. So, you know, I was I was really preparing to, you know, race, you know, race the Supercross and stuff. And then once I got, um, you know, once we got suspended, yep. you know, I took, I think it was almost two months off of motorcycle. Okay. Like I was just kind of, so, yeah. you know, chilling. Like I rode a little bit, maybe once or twice, but it was just pretty much just, you know, not riding and hanging out. And then, uh, but yeah, it was, it was hard to, I guess it was hard to put in the work, you know, to do the 20 lappers and well, stuff yeah. like that. Not, yeah. yeah, that part was hard, but you know, I still wrote with Malcolm a little bit, but yeah, it was, uh, interesting for sure. How, yeah. Getting out in the morning and you're, you're out on a bike and like, okay, so maybe now you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel at, at this point we're in April, but you know, early on, like, you're like, what am I doing? Like I could go and jump that quad or I could put in 20. It doesn't really matter. I would imagine for a guy, a racer, a competitive guy like you, that's tough. Yeah, no, it's it's actually it's funny you said that because I, I told Malcolm that a few times. I, I was like, I said, yeah, I could probably go hit that, but you know what? I'm I, I mean, it doesn't do me no good sitting on the couch like jumping this quad. So I'm not gonna take the chance. And then yeah. you know, he was like, all right, I gotta do a 15 lap lap moto today. You gonna do it with me? And I was like, I, I might do like seven of them, but you know, I don't have to do the rest of them. <laughs> and stuff. So, so the, it was it was kind of like funny at the same time, but yeah, no, I think. You know, I took those like I did, you know, at the end of 2013. I took a little bit of time off. And right. for, so for me, like when I started riding again, like I, I was itching to mm-hmm. ride and, and, and to go through that process and test and all that. So, you know, whether I was suspended or being able to race or not, like, you know, not being on the bike for that long it makes me want to be back on it. So it it did work out, you know, in the end. Talking about Mookie real quick, uh, I, I said this a few times. I'm not sure what happened, you know, after he left TLD, why he didn't get picked up sooner. Maybe he was looking for a 450 ride. I'm not exactly sure. But I've said this a few times. I guarantee you Geico got Mookie cheap. And they've they got a win and some great finishes. He's a po- regular podium guy now. Uh, good job by Geico. And, and, and your brother has, uh, you know, really kind of established himself as a, as a top guy in that class. Yeah, no, I, I think uh... – you know, I, I, it's a, it's a weird situation. Like I, I see some of the guys that, you know, get picked over Malcolm or, mm-hmm. or have, um, you know, have rods, you know, like that. I, I would say Malcolm would be on a regular and have, right. has beat before, but you know, they get it. But I, I think, you know, unfortunately there's, I, I think a lot of people kind of shy away from it because there's, you know, with Malcolm, although he's not like me, but he, he has a lot of attention brought around him, mm-hmm. you know, so for him to be a, like, come on to, you know, a team or whatnot, like that team has to be ready to have some kind of attention and, and especially being James, their brother uh, with all this stuff, other stuff going, going on, maybe hurts Malcolm in a sense. And I think, you know, I've even had this conversation with Malcolm. I'd like, you know, until, until you're, you know, 
uh, has a, have a chance to win, you know, and be that number one guy on the team, mm-hmm. you're going to have to fit in with their number one guy. So let's say it was JGR and they got Justin Barcher. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you came in, you would be, you're, you'll be the second guy. You'll be there to support Justin. Like, you know, hey, we want you to do good and all that, but, you know, Justin's our star rider. Uh, Justin wouldn't want any kind of distractions to, to hurt his program. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, same thing with Jeremy. They wouldn't want anything to happen. To, to mess up their number one guy. So when you look at a lot of teams, you have like when Bill Apoto was over there, he had Jake. Right. You know, Jake was there to support, you know, <clears throat> support Ryan, you know, at KTM. You know, obviously that was a little bit different with, you know, having two different guys. But, you know, normally the factory's teams, right. you know, they have their star guy and they have, you know, the other guys kind of support them. Now that part's kind of changing a little bit. But I think with Malcolm, you know, I think he he as he's gotten better this year and I think he's, you know, going to continue to get better. But, you know, I think he gets passed up because, you know, the, the, the level of support and the level of, you know, the people actually pay attention to him. I think that would, he would have to either be the number one guy on the team or fit in with that guy. And I think a lot of teams are kind of, you know, I, I would say a little kind of scared of that at that point, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's too late. They already got their guy and, and you know, they don't know how that's going to mesh. So, I, I think, you know, for him, you know, I think him winning this year mm-hmm. definitely helps that situation. But, you know, we all know Malcolm's a better 450 guy. And I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, when he does get that chance and he's the full time, uh, whatever team picks him up is going to be, uh, you know, pretty happy with it for sure. Uh, switching back to you, you, you uh, on the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast with uh, James Stewart. Are you, uh, you've got some frequent file miles, mileage, mileage to uh, Geneva now. Uh, you just got back from your appeal. How'd it go? I mean, obviously you don't you don't have an answer, but uh, what'd you think? How how did they treat you? What do you like? You like your odds to come back sooner? Well, yeah. I mean, I I thought my odds were pretty good, you know, the first time. <laughs> right, but, you know, right, right. I, I, this this one's different, you know, because there is a different organization mm-hmm. um, that's you know running, you know, kind of making a decision on that. So that helps, and 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 actually. This trip, um, I didn't actually have to go to Geneva. I had to be present on Skype and all that. Oh, so okay. That actually that actually worked out better. So they was, you know, they understood and and you know it wasn't required for me to go over there, but mm-hmm. you know it's required for me to be there. So it it actually worked out good. Uh, yeah. You know, great for this. So the uh, I was able to still go to St. Louis and and do the things that I had to do as far as with other sponsors and and do this. But yeah, um, you know, we talked and you know we went through all the all the. Uh, you know, allegations from their side, from my side, the CAS panel asked me questions and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I felt good. And I think the, you know, like I always tell people, the difference between me and, and maybe some other guy that got caught, I'm not saying that, hey, I ingested this from a cheeseburger. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> right, I, right. McDonald's put, you know, this in my food. I like, I'm like, from day one, I'm like, yeah, I'm not lying to you. Like, I did take it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not lying. So, you know, when you're in a situation like I am and it's just like, look, this is the truth. Like, I don't have nothing to hide from you. Like, I don't know why it's, you know, it's gone on. So going on this long, I mean, it's pretty simple. I didn't fill out your paperwork, but yet I have my prescription. Like this comes down to, I didn't, I didn't know about the rules or whatever, but I didn't fill out your paperwork. Like there's nothing else involved. It's right. not me trying to yeah. get a performance enhancing and none of that. So you know, it was, it was a lot more complicated than I thought it was, but, you know, I felt like with this, this appeal, you know, it, it, they actually heard me and, and the lawyers that I had on this one was really good at explaining it, 
you know, there's a lot of things that we kind of poked holes into, you know, mm-hmm. their case and stuff. So, right. you know, we'll see, um, you know, they feel good about it, but you know, I'm like, Hey, after the last, you know, few months I went through, you know, I'll just wait to the answer. I'm honestly, I guess they don't test enough guys, but I'm surprised, like we talked earlier that like if they went and tested some guys outside the top 10, and again, I don't think they're blatantly cheating like you. I just think that they're probably taking some stuff from GNC that is probably illegal. And, and you know, these guys, they were talking about, uh, you know, a 15-place guy in the main event is making thirty grand a year or whatever, uh, which is another whole other topic. But I would think that they really, you know, if to get the house in order, they need to educate a lot of guys and a lot differently at that, you know. But I guess they only yeah. test some random guys in top three and maybe once in a while a fifth-place guy or something. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You know, that's the thing. Like, you know, whether you're testing the number one guy or the 15th place guy, you know, or 20th place, it it doesn't matter. Like, you know, there's a point. If you're going to hold, you know, everybody accountable for the same rules, then, like, you know, you have to, like, explain to people. And if people get caught, then that's on them. But, like, not to not to explain it and then, like, to really, like, hit mm-hmm. somebody hard or whatever it is. Because, you know, we, like you said, Steve, we're not naive that we hear people out there doing certain stuff, you know, people that you would be surprised with people that you expect, you know, but, you know, obviously they didn't do testing enough to, to I would say probably actually catch people, you mm-hmm. know, on the regular to do it. But, you know, in, in the sense now, you know, somebody gets caught and then it's like, Oh, well, you know, all right, well, here's the rules. Here's, you know, like oh, you can get suspended. I mean, like I said, you know, you go to a riders meeting, you know what it is to jump on a red flag. You know, you know, you might lose a position or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, having coffee, too much coffee, going to GNC and having this, you know, going to right. your doctor because you're hurt, having this could suspend you for two years, now up to four years without you even knowing the penalty for being suspended is like crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, and then on top of that, once this happens, I, I, I was telling, uh, I think I was telling Mike this last week. I'm like, you know, if this happened to somebody else, right, and they they would have to go through basically the same process that I had to if they thought they was innocent or accept the penalty, I'm like, you know how much money they would have to spend? And I, I know right, right. that there's only maybe five guys that would actually maybe think about, uh, you know, <laughs> actually appealing this thing right. or just going, you know what, I'm suspended for four years. I can't do nothing about it. And then on top of that, not to have, you know, no answers from, you know, yeah. your, the AMA or all these other guys, you know, right. because nobody knew about it. I'm like, that's crazy. So, you know, I'm like, you know, if somebody gets caught, you know, I hope they're ready to spend, you know, over 200000 north to $200,000 before the appeal comes just to prove they're innocent. And if not, then you know what? It was nice knowing you, you know, I'll see you in four years because that's basically what they're telling you. Right. And so. And and then, like I said, not to know, you know, hey, this is on the, you know, this is on the ban list and all that, where other sports like the NFL, they get weekly emails and, mm-hmm. and they come out and, and do all these different stuff to educate you. Because if you get caught being educated, then you're just dumb, you know, and that's where it's at. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think the one thing I don't want people to take is that like, I'm bitter about it because I'm not like right. I, you know, I was I was bummed on it, I think is unfair i think it's just questionable on how it's treated you know and if maybe if somebody else went through it they'd be treated the same way but i think i was more bummed and and upset on the process and how long that this thing happened in april it's april 2014 it's april 2015 and i still don't have an answer like that's it's been a year now and i i don't have an answer on nothing so um that that part sucks yeah you think the seven deuce deuce is fine in geneva and appealing 
<laughs> no, and, and, that, and that sucks. And, you know, like I said, right. I, it's, we right. can laugh at it now, but he, if he, if he thought he was innocent, right. he would have to somehow, you know, sell the house or whatever you have to do <laughs> rap, to, to rap. actually go do it. You know, wrap his way. He has to be a platinum. He has to get some hits out there. To, to actually go and do that, Geneva. Otherwise, he's suspended for four, uh, yeah. to, uh, possibly four years. That's it. You know, and that's that's not right. You know, you see these NFL guys, you know, making fifty million dollars and all this stuff, and the max they get, you know, for actually taking something like, you know what? Yeah, I did. four games. Maybe I was trying yeah. to do better. I get four games. All right, dude. Those I'll, guys. I'll see you. And nobody cares. Dude, Eight those guys full on. Yeah, they full on admit it. They just get like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I was definitely trying. I wasn't taking Adderall. I was cheating. And yeah. yeah, you get four games, you know? Yeah, um, four games, and I want to rest during the season anyway so we can come off in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl insane. and I can be the MVP of the Super Bowl, even though I just got suspended four games right. already. Right. That's, that's how it is. You know, know. In our career, I'm like, you know, there's not enough money to go around to be like, you know, I'll take a four-year vacation and come back and feed my family for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> it, it, it's a little different, but right. you know, I'm like, we get hit a lot harder than, you know, these other guys, but it, it it is what it is. By the way, nice job letting the seven deuce deuce ride at your house. I thought that was top notch of you. That's pretty cool. He yeah, loved, he no, loved it. Yeah, so. no, I, I was always a fan of it. I didn't know who he was at at first. You know, I, right. I knew he rapped and stuff like that. So that's why I threw out. You know, yeah, whatever he had to wrap his way up to the top because I actually do know the guy. He's rode at my house, so yeah. I feel like I have some kind of oh, leverage. Yeah. I could say that and <laughs> not you know get get murdered on the track. <laughs> I don't want him to murder me on the track, you know, one time. So, uh, uh, you know, but I, I like him. He's cool. <laughs> no, it was nice of you to do that for him, for sure. I know he appreciated it. Um, hey, and uh, as you talked uh, about on the uh, St. Louis broadcast, and by the way, and you, look, look, you don't have to say anything. You can just be quiet here. It's a ridiculous joke, and I've said this many times. I'm not just saying this because you're on the line, that the team – I read it. The, oh, okay. It's unbelievable <laughs> – that they did not talk about you. Here is the guy, second winningest all-time Supercross rider, the the most popular rider. Well, either Chad Reed or you. I don't know. Probably be close. And you win. You win five races last year. You're gone from this year. I think they mentioned it in about five seconds at A1 in the in the pre-show. And that's yep. it. Otherwise, yep. if I'm a James Stewart fan and I don't read motocross magazines, I guess he just died. I guess he fell off a cliff yep. and died. That's too bad. I never even yeah. read anything on TMZ about him dying. But yeah, it's un- again. Don't you don't need to say anything. It's so stupid that. And so finally they brought it up. And I'm, thank God. I mean, we're 13 rounds in. But I cannot believe that even RV. He got mentioned once, twice, maybe, maybe a little more than you. But uh, good God, I just uh, it's like, yeah. like it's sad. They should have had you in the booth. They should have had an interview with you. Maybe maybe they did. They tried, and you said no. But I understand that they didn't try. And, uh, um, you know, Hey James, how's it going? Sorry to hear about this, man. Get back on the track soon. Can't wait. You know, like your the sports better with you, you know, but nope. Nope. It's like, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. Uh, you know, the way it went down and I'm not going to jump into it, but obviously most, most of us know, but yeah, I mean, I went to a bunch of races this year. Um, you know, I've seen some of those guys and stuff and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it sucks not being up there, but, you know, I don't know if they didn't want to, you know, kill ticket sales or whatever it was, but, know. you know, for sure, you know, you just kind of hang it out and going like, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, I, I, I am, I am bit, you know, at this point, but, you know, the part that was 
crazy to me was that, you know, during this off season or, you know, on the internet and all these things, no one had no problem mentioning that, you know, I failed this drug test and I was suspended, but you know, it's like, we'll say all that stuff, but not show them on TV and all this oh, different stuff. And then I yeah. think the, the last straw that broke me was when, uh, they were talking about Chad. Um, I can't remember what race it was, but they were saying that Chad have more wins in this stretch of time than I, I did and all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, it's Chad Reed, it's this, and then Jim mm-hmm. Stewart and Ryan Dungey's up next. <laughs> right, like, oh, right. All right, but, you know, yeah. Um, like, yeah, it, it is what it is, and, and uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, see how that works out when I come back. Yeah, I fi- if I'm you, I'm filing that away. That's just me. I'm filing that away because uh, – you know, you've done the sport of Supercross. Uh, you've given the sport of Supercross more exposure. You know what? I'm just going to get myself in trouble because I'm going to start talking about blurring out the Red Bull hat, and I'm going to get myself in trouble, so we'll just move on. Yeah, no, so, we, I, I know, and I appreciate it. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of people go, hey, you know, Matt is, you know, kisses James' ass or whatnot. But, you know, I like the one reason I do interviews with you is because you keep you, – you say the truth. And, you know, a lot of people don't like that, and a lot of people think that's, you know, a – you know, he's kissing somebody's behind and all that, but you know, right, yeah, you speak the truth and that's why I do these hour long podcasts <laughs> to go on your radio station when I won't do it with any other body else, yeah. any, anyone else is because you actually speak the truth. So, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you can get yourself in, in trouble on this cause it, it is, you know, unfortunately the way it is, it's not, you know, it's not black and white as far as, you know, just, Hey, these are the rules. We don't care who you are. We stick by these things and all that. It's kind of, you know, who you know and, and things like that. Who yeah. did you make mad kind of is how you kind of progress in this industry. And, you know, it's, I guess it's good and bad, but you right. know, this yeah. time, you know, I guess you, you probably better shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey, so let's move on. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully it works out and we see you on the line um, for the first national. I guess that would be the hope. Uh, if not, um, would you – do you think you would do uh, any if, – if it works out the full length, you can race two nationals. I mean, would you come back for that? Is that too far around to discuss, or do we do we have an answer on that? Um, you know, unless they go the other way and, and say that they don't believe me even more and suspend me for longer, no, then geez. I would I – would, I, I got all the – you know, at this point, I'd never put anything past. All right, you know, so yeah. uh, you know, at this point, I I'm not sure if I if I didn't be able to race. You know, when I come back for the last two nationals or, or whatever it is, but all I know is that you know, even if I am allowed to race, you know, the you know outdoor nationals this year, everything is 2016. Like yeah, that's yeah. all I care about at this point. You know, so being able to race the nationals or help me build up to, you know, going until Anaheim like next year and mm-hmm. going through that process in the next few years of my career. But, you know, I, I think for me, you know, to, to be able to race would help that. But ultimately I have a chance to kind of solidify my legacy on everything I've kind of accomplished in my career. And unfortunately this maybe haze that up a little bit mm-hmm. and it's not something that I'm proud of and it's not the truth. So you know, for me, going for, you know, being able to win a championship, be that person who I know I am and, and still will be, mm-hmm. is, is going to start in 2016. So, you know, if I end up racing out the Nationals, I'm going to go try to win and do my best and do whatever. But, you know, ultimately, it's yeah, it's for next year right. in 2017 and all that. So, um, I, I guess if I if there, if I can't race and I, I would do the last two Nationals, probably, you know, I would just probably want to race and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, we have the Cup and we have the straight rhythm and there's a possibility I might do some overseas races. So, whoa, um, whoa. you know, again, overseas. Yeah, everything, yeah, everything is, is based on, uh, you know, next year and, you know, 
the full neck length in the next couple of years. I can see the the, the FIM saying, uh, as punishment, you must race the Geneva Supercross. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, if, it, if it helps me to go on into next year, then I'll race it, whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. I, don't, I don't like what you said earlier. is like, you know, you got to put that in the file cabinet. You know, what I would say to that is that file cabinet is pretty full. You have to start throwing certain stuff out. So, <laughs> right, right. you know, I got to keep the important stuff we'll put in the safe. But, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have much more room to keep in the file cabinet. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech High Performance Springs. These springs are called High Performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. I know what started me on that rant was, okay, so yes, you're on the St. Louis broadcast getting interviewed finally. Uh, you're not dead. You're alive. And uh, um, you mentioned that Mike Webb and the Yoshizuki guys, you're in the process of signing a new deal. That's pretty cool. Good to see those guys stand by you. Yeah, no, I was actually, you know, you know how people are. You know, you, you never know. If they say, hey, yeah, we support you. And, mm-hmm. you know, before you get suspended, you're like, you got to still support me and all that, but they actually have really been behind me in this. And I think, you know, the reason is because they, they know the truth. I mean, we always kind of like, you know, like what the heck, you know, a TV, what is that? You know, and all mm-hmm. these sort of things. So they, they went through this whole process with me and, and all that. And, and the one people that would support me would obviously have to know that, look, I am telling the truth. Like, we're not going to support you if you are fooling us and lying and all that stuff. Right. So they, like, knew it. And, and then, you know, you know, we went through this period of thinking we're racing and being suspended and stuff, and, and they haven't wavered. So that's been nice. And, you know, the same thing with my Ripple. I, I re-signed my Ripple deal for multiple years. My Oakley deal is the same way. My GoPro deal. So all all my guys around me has actually, you know, really stood behind me because they – they they knew the truth on this situation, and we all we we're all it all sucks, but they all know that you know what you know it's just an unfortunate deal. But we we have your back, and, and we know you're going to come back racing. So um, it, it's a lot easier to say, hey, you know what, our guy messed up. He didn't follow this piece of paper. Than saying, you know what, yeah, our guy messed up, and he was pumping HGH and looking like Barry Bonds in this situation. <laughs> yeah. But we stand behind him. So it is a little bit different. But yeah, they uh, they definitely supported me, and and that's why. You know, for me, besides doing it for myself, that's why I I have to I have to come back and, and do what I what I'm going to do next year. People have been getting pissed at me at the races because I've, sometimes during track walk I'll be looking at something and they'll be like look at it. And I'll be like, you could quad this, and they'll be like, shut up. And I'll be like, Stu would do it. <laughs> Stu would do it. 
It's doable. It's, yeah, it's totally it's doable. doable. I think Chad, yeah, was, Chad was telling me, to, he's like, shut up, dude. I'm like, dude, Stu would do it. He's like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, no, it's funny. I watch the races and stuff, and, and uh, you know, now I'm really that couch potato guy right, that's just right. kind of, you know, sitting on their observations from the couch. But, yeah. you know, there are certain things I see, and I'm like, dude, why would they hit that? And, you know, I instead of, like, ranting on it, I wait until I see the GoPro because that's when I can really right. see things that I would actually hit. And if I'm like, yeah, I would hit that, I would hit that. But, you know, again, you know, if I'm 80 points up like Ryan Dungey, I'd be like, look, I'm right. good at single-single or whatever it is to win this race. So, you know, I think uh, the one guy that is out there jumping stuff, I give him credit, is – uh you know, Tomac sends it, you yeah. know, I, he, he'll hit some certain things and stuff like that. Sometimes it's, you know, out of control, but you know, he'll hit it. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not really anybody out there that's really, you know, doing those quads or, or hitting something that much faster than everybody else to really kind of elevate it to, you know, where you would have to jump at, you know, at this point it's like, you know, yeah, you jump that quad, but you know, I, I got him covered around the rest of the track and stuff. So, yeah. um, yeah, but it's it's been interesting watching for sure. Yeah, it's one of those theories I have too. Yeah, Dungey's got this thing. Uh, this Supercross season, uh, you know, sometimes there's incredible Supercross seasons and they're awesome. This is not one of them. Um, and uh, uh, Dungey's got this thing. And so, yeah, if Dungey isn't jumping it and this guy's not jumping it, there's a lot of injuries. Like, why, you know, we're not seeing as much as that. Why do these guys want to stretch that out when, you know, before yourself would jump it, RV would jump it? Uh, maybe Brayton goes out and jumps it, you know, and all of a sudden it's three guys and guys are like, okay, well, I guess I have to do it. And now you see the guys sort of step up. Well, this year, I think it's been a bit of uh, hey, Dunge's got this. I'm way back and this doesn't matter. And why bother? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that's, that's half true and, and not, you okay. know, because if you really look at it, you know, Villapoto's had these titles wrapped up, you know, at the same time as Dunge, he's well, had these yeah, true. You know, points leads and stuff like that. So, you know, you can't just go, well, he's 80 points up, you know, it's over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, technically, you know, last year, you know, I kept it going to like the second, the second to last race, whatever it was, but it was pretty much over before then anyway, you mm-hmm. know, last few years. So I think what it is, is that, you know, Ryan's very economical. Like he's, he's consistent. He does the same thing over and over. And yep. you know, I give him credit. Like he, he looks good. I think they, you know, I think that bike is, you know, better and stuff like that, you know, but I think there's a lot of guys, you know, that's just kind of just close, you know, a lot of people are close. And, and when I say that, when you have, you know, I always said watching this year, I think Weston Pike, if he was in shape or whatever was happening to him, Mm -hmm. I think Weston Pike can win a race, you know, Blake Baggett a couple weekends ago had the fastest lap time, you know, in, in certain races that, you know, other guys, you know, look good or, or was even faster. But what Ryan does and what he's done for the last few years and mm-hmm. why he is a champion, you know, he starts up front. He doesn't have bad nights. You know, he's just really consistent. And I think, you know, that part, the the points lead, you know, along with him obviously winning races and, and other guys, you know, getting hurt or, or throwing a race, the points lead kind of jumped away, mm-hmm. you know, got really big quick without you really knowing that it was like, well, well hold up, you know, wait. It was just, you know, he – he got beat by Trey Kennard last week, but now he has an 80-point lead. I don't really understand it. Where I would say, you know, with, with um, Villapoto was there, it was almost like he was, you know, you could look at him and he was like that much better than everybody else. Like he would just, he would, he would just whoop you, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think, you know, with Ryan, he's he, obviously he's beating these guys, but I think he's he's winning the championship, you know, textbook. You know, he's he's yep, actually doing yep. it by actually 
doing the things that we, you know, Jeff Emmett talks about every weekend by getting a good start, not, you know, minimizing the mistakes, you know, doing those certain things without, you know, without doing it the other way, just saying, you know what, I'm going to blow the doors off any one of you guys out here. (laughs) I'm going to beat you that way. And so I I think that's what it is because, again, you know, you can't go by points because, you know, Bill Apoto, he's done it the last, you know, four years in a row. It's been, Mm -hmm. well, I guess because the first year, it's been a cakewalk, not a cakewalk, but it's been a points lead. And it's the same thing Dungy's doing it, but he's just, he's doing it a different way. So, um, you know, obviously it sitting on the couch, you know, I, I guess I, I, it's hard to, I can't really speak on it that much, but at the same time, I'm like, look, I was out here racing these guys last year. I haven't been too far removed. I know what I see and I, mm-hmm. and I see a lot, but, um, you know, it just, it makes me want to be back out there and, and, and then start racing. Uh, what's your take on RV and the GPs early on? You've been watching them. You've been following them at all, or does it, does it, uh, not interest you or are you into it? Nah, I mean, this was, I, I thought I would never say this, but <clears throat> I actually became a fan of the guy, really. I, you know, <laughs> for him, you know, I, I I think I know why he went over there, and I, I yep. think, you know, it's, it's to change and, you know, do something else because he was bored over here and whatnot. But, you know, when you watch him, I actually at some point, like, felt bad for him, you know, in a sense I'm like, dude, this guy is really, like, struggling. And it, and it makes you start wondering, it's like, you know, it wouldn't look good for the, the the Europeans, even though I I think they're fast as hell. You know, and I think a lot of people underestimate them because they put their chest protector underneath their jersey and they look weird. <laughs> right. But those dudes, they 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 they're fast. You know, right. I I know it from racing over there for the the motocross nation. So when I saw Villapoto, I'm like, you know, when he goes over there, I'm I'm like, if the guy were right like he does here and and have this pace, he will win. But there's no way those guys can have an American come over there for the first time seeing all these tracks and just dominate it. Mm-hmm. And so when I had that in the back of my mind and I'm watching him, watching his motorcycle, watching him stall off the gate, which I've never seen like somebody like him on the level do. Yep. And then, you know, to see all these different things I actually was like, I, I found myself cheering for him. Like, dude, I, I actually want this guy <laughs> to win. But, you know, as far as, you know, what he's doing, I, I, I kind of expected that to happen. You right. know, I, I think those guys are really good. The tracks are a lot different than what we are. And you can't run that setup, that stiff front end, and all these different things, um, you know, that he runs. You know, mm-hmm. and, and even the same thing, if I went over there, it's just different. So yeah. um, I think he'll get better with it. But as far as, you know, him dominating those guys, no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, at least for sure, not, uh, I don't think this year for, right. at all. Yeah. Uh, hey, one of the things we talked about when we were exchanging texts, setting this thing up, was uh, a safety in our sport, and it's come up. You know, Tyler Heft uh, just passed away, and uh, um, it seems like there's been more and more fatal accidents or bad accidents in our sport. Not so much at the pro level, but at the amateur level, anyways. And Kevin Windham came on the Pulp Show. Jeff Emmick came on. Ryan Hughes. We had a really good discussion about different topics. I don't think anybody has the answer. But it's good to get the topic going, and I'm interested as a guy like yourself. What do you think? Is it just the internet that we're hearing more and more about this? Is it the size of the bikes? Is it the tracks? I mean, this is all things we talked about. I'd love to get your opinion. What do you think? Or, or are we all overreacting a little bit? No, I, I think I think all those things are true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the internet you have more access to it, so you're going to hear about more things. Right. Um, you know, the bikes. To me, I think the bikes have gotten safer. Uh, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say they've gotten, you know, more dangerous. Even though a 450 has a lot more power and all that, you, you're allowed to build it. 
it's not like guys are jumping, you know, 200 foot jumps out on a supercross track doing stupid things. Right. You know, I think the tracks have maybe gotten easier, which, you know, picks up the speed a little bit. But, you know, I, I think overall the, the bikes are safer, but guys are better. And when guys are better, when you have more guys better, that means you got more competition. That mm-hmm. means you're going to have to take more chances. And so I don't know. It, I think it's the evolution in our sport that's making these injuries come uh, come to head a lot mm-hmm. more than what it was. Because, you know, back in 06, you know, 06 to 09, you know, it was kind of like you had, you know, me, Chad Reed, and Ricky, you know, no matter where you started at, even if you fell in first corner, you can get third. Right. Now, if you fall in the first corner, you have to pass, you know, 10 guys that's, that's actually won a 450 race you know, before you even get a chance to go win. So I would say, you know, I think the, the, the from the scrub to these kids having all these practice facilities to mm-hmm. the bikes getting, like, better, even though they're safe there, they've they gotten better. I think all of that, you know, you put all that together, you have, for you know, better athletes and faster athletes. And when you have that, you know, when you have a 40-man gate at an Amateur Internationals and you have 20, 20 of them that are actually – really good right. and then maybe have five or six that are really really good i think it puts a lot of uh, pressure and i think a lot of these kids you know take a lot more chances and stuff and you know unfortunately that's what happens i don't think you can um you know as far as on a supercross track and when you design them i think there's ways to eliminate the jake weimer and you know what happened with him and trey and what happened to trey a few years ago and mm-hmm. all these gnarly first corners i think you can eliminate that stuff and make safety but as far as, you know, unless they come out with some new technology like the Liat bracelet, so to be that, that uh, 50 helmet, the bell helmets, all that stuff, unless you can come up with more stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think it's just uh, it's kind of the nature in our sport. And it's sad to say, but, you know, I think it, you know, it is as kind of is what it is at this point. You, you ask for better riders. You ask for better equipment. That's You're going to have people going faster, and you're still riding uh, a, a bicycle with an engine in it. And, you know, people are doing gnarlier things and going faster. Right. There are going to be accidents. And, and so um, as far as the amateur level, and, and like I said, until they come up with better safety equipment, I think there's always going to be that risk of, you know, people, you know, getting hurt. Yeah. No, it's well said. You're right. And, um, you know, you, you've amazed and thrilled people with the scrub, and that's that's something that got brought up on Monday. It's uh, You see this at local tracks. I mean, you see sea riders trying to do it. You know, this is the new yeah. people maybe shouldn't be doing it. But like you said, everyone's pushing the level. And, you yeah, know, I mean, there's times like like remember when that scrub you did uh, by Alessi at uh, in Tennessee? Yeah, like, one of the best ones ever. Right. Ever done. Like you were like, look, this guy cannot beat me. I am going to I'm going to reach back into the past and pull one of the all timers out. And you did. It was phenomenal. I think there was a photo of it floating around there. And, and, yeah, my, and yeah. my, my point is, is even yourself, a guy that invented it, a guy that perfected it, you don't go as gnarly as some of these dudes do now. When you, can, when you want to, you can, like the Alessi thing. But you see guys yeah. now, they're doing it over every jump, and they're getting really, like, James Stewart, oh, two low, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, yeah. oh, one low. And, and they're doing it all the time, over everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, I mean, I, I think – you know, at, I, I've learned this the last like few years, and and I think you know that's why a lot of the stuff that's happened the last you know you know year has kind of hurt me a lot because we are you know from what you write, Steve, from what's on these websites, from what Jeff and Ralph say on TV, 
we are the teachers of these kids. You know, what we do is what these kids do. So, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, I, I'll go out there and I'll wear a pink jersey with black pants, right? Right. It doesn't match it, whatever. And I'll go to these amateur races and I'll see, you know, my kids that are at seven doing it. And I'll see other kids that's doing it. You know, they follow and they do what we do. So when you're watching TV every weekend and, you know, you're, you're watching the races and, and they're promoting crashing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like they, they talk about it, but then you see, you know, you hear Ralph, you know, jump about it. Like with your interview, he jumps out of his chair and he talks about a quad, right. how cool a quad is, how gnarly. Yeah. And, and I can't believe he's doing this and all that. You know, these kids are watching this, you know, so when they go to a race and they see two doubles, you know, they're, they're going like, I, I want to jump that because I want Ralph to talk to me. I right. want him to talk how gnarly this quad is. And, you know, unfortunately, right. I wouldn't say that's all the problem, but, you know, these it's, kids are doing what right. we do. And so, like you said, the scrub, you know, now everybody does a scrub and everybody wants to do the scrub better than James Stewart. And, you know, I know for a, a as a rider who's, you know, obviously a vendor or whatnot, but I know there's only a certain, you can only go so low until it becomes, you know, crazy, <laughs> right, dangerous. Right, right. And so, you know, these kids are out there doing it and they're doing it with their buddies and stuff and dumping quads and, you know, mishmashing gear. And we're teaching these, you know, we're teaching them how to do it. And unfortunately, unless you stop talking about a quad and you start promoting, you know, safety or certain things like, you know, maybe the Ryan Dungeon mentality of, hey, you know what, like just go out there and get a good start and stay up, you'll win races and do this. You know, I think these kids are always going to go with the fact that, like, look, I rather, you know, I I want to be able to jump quads. I want to be that guy that's, you know, everybody's looking at to to do new right. things and all that stuff. And and on TV and all these different things on on the internet, that's what we promote. And so, you know, I think these kids are taking these chances out here that you know they feel like to get to that next level. That's what it's going to have to be. And like I said, you know, there's there's other sides to it, you know, just from athletes, these riders getting better and better, you know, that that's a cause of a lot of injuries and stuff. But, you know, at the same time, watch what you put out on the internet, watch what you put out on TV, because these are what these kids see on a Saturday night that they go to try to do at Sunday and mm-hmm. during the week at their clubs or at their races. And that's unfortunate why you see a lot of injuries, um, you know, and people getting hurt. Well said, you're right, you know, and, uh, yeah, you're right. Definitely. It's, it all trickles down. Yeah. My point on the Pulp Show was that if, if we're going to restrict the size of the bikes or we're going to govern them down a little bit, because you watch the GoPros, you guys are barely touching the throttle on these 450s. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, my, my yeah. point on the show was it, anything we do, safety equipment, bikes, tracks, whatever we want to do, I think it starts at the pro level because that's what everybody watches. So, yeah, no, you know, it is. You're right. I mean, yeah. it, it, it truly is. I mean, uh, you know, you. Yeah, like I said, you what you put out is what these yep. kids see, and you know if if everybody's talking about how Ryan Dungey winning this championship is so boring, but yet Ryan Villapoto did the same thing last year, so the, these kids look at it as a different approach. They don't want to do that. They want to be fast. They want to dominate. They want to jump quads, and and that's what they practice. They don't practice going. You know, yeah, I just want to be super consistent. And like for me, like as a you know, as a, a rider that has to race against Dungey, he's one of the worst people that you have to race against because you know <laughs> the guy's always there. You know he's yep. not going to say, you know what, I'm going to twist his throttle and I'm going to crash because I am not letting you beat me. You just know, he's like, <laughs> right, all right, you know, right. second to cool tonight, you know, I'll see you next week. It, and so, you know, as a rider racing, it sucks to race <laughs> against that. You know, I, I'd rather race against, you know, Villapoto because I know at the end of the, like, if we're going in the corner, 
he ain't gonna let off and right. I ain't gonna let off and we just gonna see who's the best and, and at least you kind of know that but you know I, I think you know we talk about how boring that is and it's kind of not fair but at the same time this is what you're we're teaching the youth mm-hmm. that you know that's not the right way to go the right way to go is to jump the quad so you can hear Ralph you know jump out his chair every weekend talking about a quad and, and uh right. like you said that's what we teach these kids yeah well said hey before we let you go um who's gonna win the nba title uh, i don't know uh, i don't know i mean i i <laughs> i've been playing golf and, and riding motorcycles uh, i i don't i don't know i don't really care okay. uh uh if i would have to say from what i kind of seen it i, I think the words are pretty good but yeah. i think ultimately I think they're going to get roughed up in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. besides that, I, I really don't. I don't really know. So, um, and and on the top of the fact, uh, the one thing I did want to talk about is when uh, I did do that tweet and was talking about the track designs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when I said that, what I meant was, uh, you know, I think with certain starts like the start they had, I think it was Detroit that short start into a rhythm section. I think it's dangerous because one, it's a short start, so everybody's still bunched up yeah. compared to. You know, sometimes they have the long, you know, 180 starts at Anaheim. That that way can kind of go maybe into the rhythm section. But you know, as far as on these tracks, they I think they have to cut this out. And I know I know there's you know certain ways. You know, uh, Atlanta's a uh, dome and, and a football stadium and all mm-hmm. these other ones. So there's certain ways you can do it. That's why I believe, like to me, I thought that if the triple was in the first two lanes, I thought you know guys should have to roll it a double, so you're you're not in mid pack going, oh, oh, this guy's going to jump in and somebody get landed on. But you know, it just sucks as a rider because you know you watch that and it's every weekend. Like it, I mean, it's unfortunately yeah. you know Trey got hurt and guys like that. What makes you pay attention? But if you look at it, you know, there's always some privateer guy getting jacked up. Whether oh, it's for in, sure. You know, yep. practice or or in the race or last chance. There's somebody always getting jacked up in it, and it's you know as a as a rider, you know, after all these years and not be able to have really a voice to go to like change that is is probably I think the frustration that you know Kevin has, you know Rhino, all these other guys have because you know we see it and we have time and time where you know you're in the middle of the pack going. I hope this guy didn't jump this. I hope this guy doesn't jump on me right now. Yeah. But if you don't take that chance, you don't win races. And obviously, you know, if you don't win races, you're not making house payments because it doesn't, it doesn't trickle down all the way to, you know, fifth to 10th place or making money, making house payments. So you have to take that chance. And, um, yeah. and then, you know, you see what happened with Trey and, and Jake. It's just unfortunate, but it happens every weekend. So to me, I think they need to change that or at least have, um, you know, have more input from the riders. But, I don't think, you know, people always talk about a riders union and stuff like that. I don't, we won't ever have one because, you know, you've got to have the guy that makes, uh, that barely makes the main to the guy that is mm-hmm. not making the main to the guy that's winning the main all on the same case as saying, you know what, if this, if this is unsafe, we know it's unsafe. We're not racing. We're not racing. And unfortunately, there's not enough money where these guys, it is trickling down all the way through for right. a guy like Tevin Taffy to go, you know what, I'm not racing. Because he ain't racing, he ain't making the gas money, he ain't making house payments. Yeah. So he's not gonna go. You know what? I'm I'm taking my livelihood out of. <clears throat> I'm I'm taking my livelihood and saying, you know what? I'm not doing this compared to where I probably could go. You know what? I'm not doing this because it's not worth me getting hurt over this. Right. So unfortunately, the I don't the union is not gonna work, and I don't think that is all the answers. But I think you know at some point it all kind of correlates together from you know, the, these kids getting hurt to, you know, 
the FIM situation to these tracks, all these things, it's, it's kind of it's oh. all in one umbrella. It's, it comes down to leadership, and somebody has to take leadership. And I think whether it's the manufacturers or even Feld or even a rider, somebody has to be appointed a to, you know what, if this track is dangerous, we know we can go speak to them and have mm-hmm. something change or have the process to change. Right now, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, go to him and, and we'll have a meeting and we'll do this right. and we'll let you know or and we'll get back to you. And, and you know, that's why all these things, if you look at years and years of racing, that's why, you know, the riders have gotten better, the TV package has gotten better, all these things have gotten better, but our sport is so stuck into the, the 80s and, and I, I hate the word where guys use, you know, we want to keep the integrity of the sport. You know, we want to keep the integrity of the sport so we don't want to change this. But yet, you don't change, you know, the format, <clears throat> the, the the TV format. We make races that fit on TV, mm-hmm. bikes unchanged, all these different things that has changed the integrity of the sport. But when it comes down to a rider saying, you know what, that's dangerous, yeah. stop being a punk. You know what, this is motocross, this is real. But yet, you're not holding up to your word on, on what's real and what's not. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a battle, but, you know, hopefully one day it, it all fixes itself. And, and I think it needs to happen pretty quickly. I would love it. Uh, I've had Astefan on the Pulp Show, and, you know, he started with um, uh, Sheckler. No, not Sheckler, one of those guys. He started Professional Skateboarders Association uh, to get together mm-hmm. to help raise uh, purses and, and control events more. And, and you know, he's, I, I've told him, I'm like, dude, you should do that in the motocross world. I mean, by far, you got you guys, all you riders, should have a voice in what goes on. And you know what? If you guys had a voice and you said, okay, we all want drug testing, okay, cool. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna both pay for it out of some, you know, union dues or some dues, and Feld's gonna pay, and Emic Sports gonna pay, and then we're gonna set the, the penalties too. We're gonna talk about the penalties, and look, the sport brings yeah. in millions of dollars. Um, it, yeah. it, 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 uh, it needs to be more organized than what it is. Unfortunately, I'm with you, James. I don't see the you guys, quote unquote, you guys ever doing anything, and and it's for the reasons you stated. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think there there needs to be some kind of uh, you know, organizations from, you know, it's, you know, whether it's the riders, you know, or whatever it is, but, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people get, you know, I would say maybe, you know, the people who are against it, look at it in the wrong way. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day, we love racing and we know racing is dangerous. You know, we would like to get paid to, to be able to do our job, at least not to, you know, when we finish all beat up to be able to retire and all that. And, and I'm being from, you know, the guy that's making the main event to the guy that's winning, obviously there'd be differences in houses and right. cars and all that. But yeah. at the end of the day, you don't want to have to like, yeah, and I raised 20 years and I'm still here working. That's not right. But, you know, I, I would say that, you know, it's it's not about us against them. It, it's about us being able to, you know, give you guys, the fans and, and the people that's watching TV, the product that you want. And mm-hmm. if we're out there like feeling unsafe and unhappy about a track, but we know you know what, if we don't do it, you know, we're going to get hurt. It's not right because right. it'd be like me spending you to work and going like, you know what, yeah, you might die today on the work, but you know what, like shut up. Right. <laughs> like shut yeah. up, like go out and do it. It's not right. So I, I feel like, you know, I think the the purse thing is probably one of the biggest aspects uh, to me, purses and safety. Uh, you know, I think the riders and, and you know, the organizations should – should give more to the guys that are actually not winning the races than mm-hmm. the guys that are winning the races. And then, you know, I, I think also it needs to be, um, you know, these guys need to, you know, understand that, you know, we, 
we are the show. You know, at the end of the day, we are the show. If we're not there, you don't you, you don't yeah. find you know, Ryan Dunge, you don't find James Stewart, you don't find Chad Reed's out there every day. Yeah, you can fill the, the arena up, but people, you know, people stop coming. People start doing anything like other things. And, you know, as a rider, when you're at a rider's meeting and you're getting asked to, to help pay for the medical staff to come to the races, you know, when it's ultimately, you know, they're there for us. Like Asterix, they do a great job, but, you know, they're asking the riders to, right, to right. pay for help pay for us to go to the races and you're like, you know, dude, I'm barely making enough. You know, you actually might make more than this guy and he's out here racing. It's kind of mm-hmm. unfair, especially when we know that, you know, how much, you know, ticket, when they talk about TVs up, ticket sales up, all these oh, different yeah. things are up. But yeah, you're paying us less money and you want us to, you know, basically pay for this. These people have come to help us keep our safety. It's kind of wrong. So, um, you know, again, I think, you know, it is, this sport is so small, you can't have it where it's like the NFL Players Association against the NFL. It's just not going to work. We're not big enough to be able to do that. But, you know, we are, you know, this is a dangerous sport. And I think, you know, from the guy that's getting 20th, from the guy that's winning the races, from the guy that, you know, is the security guard for this, we all need to have a hand in the sport to make sure everybody is feeling comfortable and knowing that, you know what, I'm okay with taking the risk I am, you know, today. And I think right now it's just like you, you start wondering, you know, and to me it opened my eyes up a lot, you know, when all this happened. But, you know, I've kind of known for a while it, it's crazy to understand that we really don't have a voice. And, and if you go, all right, well, who has the voice? It's the person that's the furthest away from our sport is the one that's running our sport. That, to me, is a problem. And, and uh, you know, I think until we all change it and until we stop being so – so damn, you know, mm-hmm. jealous or, or hatred towards, you know, certain things and, and riders and against, you know, fell fell against riders or whatever it is. Until we let that let that crap go, it's going to be the same thing over and over. And you're going to sit here and ask, you know, why are these, you know, kids dying? Why is the sport, you know, you know, getting why people are getting hurt? Why people like Ryan Villapoto saying, you know what, I'm 26 years old, I'm not racing anymore, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things, you know, you're going to see more and more of that happening because now, you know, you're not getting paid, even if you are winning, you're not getting paid what people used to be. And if you're not that guy that's, you know, fillers and guys that's out there, you know, making a last chance of siding, keeping everybody, you know, glued to their seat, you know, when those guys stop going, you know what, we're not doing this because it's not worth it. And these these parents going, you know what, I'm not letting my kid go out there and get hurt when I see all these other things and I see how unorganized the sport is, plus they're not making any money, they, <laughs> right. they won't be able to have a chance to live, I'm going to stop going to the race and I'm going to stop doing this, you'll see our sport really, you know, become original and, and uh, I guess I would say uh, yep. <laughs> the core yeah. the core sport. You know, it'll be back in box vans and, you know, only a few people showing up at the races, and, you know, that's where we're heading if things don't change. Well said, man. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, could not agree anymore. Um, the Supercross Series is very profitable based on how much uh, Feld Motorsports uh, paid for it. And look, I like to make money. You like to make money. We're all in it to make money, so I'm not begrudging mm-hmm. that. But there comes a point where you need to take care of the dudes. But, you know, look, we know there's guys in the main event that are barely getting by, and they're part of the main event. Yep. They're so gnarly to make a main event. You know, they're so yep. skilled. Yep. And... and you know, yeah, should James Stewart and Ryan Dungey make more than than uh, Kyle Chisholm and Jimmy Albertson? Absolutely. But should they, you know, should Jimmy Albertson and Kyle Chisholm have to basically scrape by? No, you know, but no, uh, no. it's... No, and that's the yeah. thing, and especially when you look at it like this, it's not like 
football or basketball where Kyle Chisholm and Jimmy Alverson are sitting on the bench. They only come in when the starters go out. No, yeah. Those guys busting their ass every day just like we are. Yeah, you know what? We're winning races. We're doing, you know, all these other things. But, you know, at the end of the day, those guys are lining up on the gate with James Stewart, with Chad Reed. So why should they, you know, risk yeah. their life just like all these other guys and then yet be so different from the guy that's actually winning the race to the guy in third place to the guy that's in, you know, 15th yeah. to 20th? That's to me is the problem. And, you know, whether it's a, you know, I don't know how to fix it as far as, you know, spreading out purse money, but when right. that guy's a starter, just like we are, mm-hmm. and, and they have to, when they're finished racing, they're scrambling around trying to find a job and they rode the same amount of time in Supercross as I have, that part to me is not right. So somehow we have to, like, fix that because, again, they are, you know, they are a part of the sport, a big part Absolutely. of the sport. So, Absolutely. You know, to me, it just we all need to figure it out and, and, and get these guys where they, you know, from what is the amateurs, you know, keeping safety to these guys mm-hmm. making the main event, we all need to figure out how to, you know, scratch each other's back and stop being so damn greedy in this situation. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I guess, you know, a lot of people can go, well, it is a lot easier for, uh, <clears throat> you know, him. He's, you know, he's made money and all this. But to me, like, dude, when I realize it, I'm a guy that's, you know, made all this money and I'm yet, I'm a guy that's still trying to get back on a motorcycle. And, like, I, all I care about is going racing. You know, that's all I care about. So, you know, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's the same thing all these other guys are feeling. And, you know, we just want to be able to race a motorcycle, but at the same time, just like you, Steve, just like the guy that's, you know, bringing us in the pits for the parking, just like the fell guys, just like AMA, we all are doing what we love. We just want to be able to, you know, be yeah. paid for what we're doing and, and be, you know, be happy about it and, and you know, go on. It's a, it's a great point. I don't know how anything starts without some sort of uh, action that could cause problems because, Look, the people that are making the money off the sport aren't going to just all of a sudden be voluntarily be like, "Oh yeah, I absolutely agree with you." So, to me, the action yeah. starts like it starts gnarly, like it's gonna have to. But I, I wouldn't know the first thing about it. And and look, uh, um, you know, it's a big, huge, monumental thing. But couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And I just wouldn't know where to yeah, start I, on how to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's like you know, everybody they decorate a Christmas tree, you know, like. When I decorated Christmas tree, the only thing I care about is putting a star on top. Like, I care about nothing else, like, in between. And I think, like, in our sport, you know, it's almost kind of like that. You know, people only look at the star on top and the certain things that people right. actually can see. But the foundation are you guys, like, are the, from the media to the collegeisms, they're the foundations that keep, you know, the star looking good on the, on the deal. So, yeah. you know, to me, it's like everybody has to be held accountable for it, and we all have to start chipping in and somehow – at least making it a point to start to make the direction, start building ideals. But, you know, we all need to, you know, chip in this thing. And, you know, it's just, like I said, you know, I, I always kind of knew it. And I think, you know, for me, I've never been in a position that I am now to be able to like talk about it, but, you know, not racing and not having to worry about, you know, certain things, you know, as far as now, it's yeah. just like, you know, I, I see a lot of things, you know, more now that I'm not racing that, you know, we have some issues that need to be fixed. And it's not saying that, hey, we haven't done a good job or, you know, right. Feld or AMA, you guys are screwing up. No, we're, we're just saying, you know, we as riders, you know, we as an organization need to come together because it's, it's our fault too as riders. Yep. You know, we should sit up there and say, you know what, if we're unhappy with it, then don't go out there and go racing. 
and saying, you know what, yeah, we're bitching about it, but at the same time, we're going to go out there and do the same thing we're bitching about, you know, and and everybody looks at us like, well, that doesn't make sense. We have to be held accountable, all of us. So um, somehow we need to stick to it. I'm with you. I don't know how, but, you know, I think we need to start solving this equation now. Maybe it's your new legacy when you retire in two, three, four years. And uh, but then again, I've seen your house. Maybe I wouldn't want to leave that house either. But um, maybe <laughs> in my that... house, I got this huge house, and I stay in the smallest room in here. So uh, <laughs> I think home to me is being surrounded by closed doors, so closed yeah, walls. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm with you. But I'm, I help either way I can. It's just like you know, I one man can't do it. If I sit right. out here and, and start screaming, then. You know, I don't want to look like the jerk. That's if nobody else will follow. Nope. We all know it's the right direction. You know, it, it kind of sucks, but you know, we'll see. I, yeah. I, I think um, you know, eventually we'll we'll figure it out. Smart things, smart conversation. Well, hey man, uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. The BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, uh, James Stewart, thank you for doing this. It's uh, sports better with you in it. It's more interesting, that's for sure, and. Uh, can't wait to see you on the gate uh, to see what you got. And uh, like I said, yeah, win or lose, uh, people watch you, people talk about you, people want to see you race. And uh, it's, it, I, I really believe it's it's our loss this year in 2015 that you're not on the gate. And, and uh, man, I think, thanks for your candor and thanks for the, the ideas and the thoughts. Good times, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, no problem, Steve. As always, I appreciate you made the opportunity to be able to ramble on for an hour and 20 minutes. And, yeah. You know, I, I like it. So, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully this, you know, helps. If not, then, you know, I'll be back on the gate doing what I do best, hopefully sooner than later. So yeah. again, it's, uh, always, always fun. And I'll see you soon. Cool. Can't wait, man. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Thanks. This has been the BTO sports.com podcast show presented by Fox racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, 
it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, didn't anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go by.